0: All right. Hey everybody, uh, welcome to another episode of the Mindful Marriage Podcast quarantine style or self-isolating style. My name is Brock. I am the uh, lead care and support pastor at Hope Fellowship and I'm here with the amazing, talented
1: Tara Biedemacher. Hello everyone. Thank you for joining us. Um, if you're seeing the video of this, um, we are recording in separate offices, um, via zoom. And if not, um, and you're just listening, it's probably, um, going to sound a little different than when, when they're in the studio. So hopefully, uh, we sound okay coming through.
0: Yeah. Cause I have, I have a microphone here, so my sound quality is probably nice. And you can I tell don't. the hairs is a little diminished. And so we, have...
1: okay.
0: okay. <laughs> Let's be careful. Um, so that.
1: thank y'all for tuning in. Um, We know that everybody is, for the most part, sheltering in place, and that looks a lot different. Some people are really, um, there's a spectrum to it, for sure, but some people are really struggling, and some are kind of enjoying it and um, seem to be kind of blooming where they're planted, so to speak. So um, no matter where you fall on that spectrum, there is no right or wrong. Um, We've never done this before, and we're all just doing our best to kind of, you know, make it through this. And I think as long as, you know, we need to stay connected to those that we love as best we can. And so, um, I feel like I'm getting really good at like virtual life stuff, virtual world, um, like zoom meetings and stuff. I never thought I'd talk to my computer this much ever. Um, Brock, how is quarantine treating you?
0: Well, if you guys have not listened to the podcast before, uh, you don't know that sarcasm, uh, tends to be a, a piece of the the puzzle and so Sarah I was feeling really really down and thank you for that pep talk I feel so much better now <laughs> I can go on like man if I could just get a pep talk today that was
1: really
0: that was it so thank you for that so I <laughs> that
1: answer my question though Brock How are you? I'm,
0: I'm doing unbe- I feel guilty about it but I'm doing unbelievably well in this environment I feel feel a little stupid that it's uh, I enjoy it so much I think part of it is my kids are 21, 19, and seventeen, and so I'm getting to spend extra time with them, and that's really. And you don't kind have
1: of, to be their teacher.
0: I don't have to be their teacher. Yeah, so it's kind of this cherished little time of life that I thought I'd never get again. And also, yeah. if I, you know, I know we're on the Mindful Marriage podcast, but I, I, it is amazing how my wife and I have grown so much in our relationship, and so we're not just kind of tolerating each other. This is actually a really beautiful time of life for us to. to go on walks a little bit more to have conversations. This has been really, really great for our family.
1: Why did you say you feel guilty?
0: Well, you know, because I know that other people are really, you know, probably suffering. Uh, You hear a lot of stats out there about kind of mental health issues and domestic violence issues are going up. And so I just feel bad that there's some people that are really struggling during this time. And for us, it feels like uh, this is a little gift that we've been given for a couple months here just to kind of reconnect as a family. So that's probably why I feel guilty. And you and your family. I've
1: I've experienced um, some guilt too, because, you know, a lot of people I know um, and clients, you know, everybody falls on a different, you know, different place on that spectrum. Um, But, you know, I'm, I'm a homebody anyway, um, often. And I love just having my little family. all together and we've gotten to have some really sweet moments in time together that, you know, we don't always generally get to have. And I feel like it's simplified things. And so for that, I'm grateful. I've seen a ton of, um, or found a ton of silver linings in all of this, but also I, I am very aware of and empathetic to the gravity of yeah. the heaviness of all of this, you know? And I mean, I've had some bad days and bad moments. Um, but overall, I feel like it's, um, we're, we're just very blessed. And I'm trying um, to just, you know, if I feel something, if, even if it's unpleasant, to feel it and to, but also to really try to look for the good and the positive, because there's still so much of that around us without sounding like a cheerleader. I mean, that's just, you
0: are you one of those families that does craft projects like you, you do crafts at home? Is that, um,
1: yes, okay. my, not my husband, but, um, that my children you, and I do. Yeah. That
0: tells me everything I need to know. All right. oh, okay.
1: <laughs> um, but I am, I, I will say, I uh, if we want to talk about, and not to be funny, but for real, like the whole homeschooling thing and the e-learning is not, that's probably my least Favorite piece of all of this. I am not built to be a teacher. um I'm not sure my kids are built to be students. So <laughs> it's just that's been a little um unfun. Let's yes. leave that. Yes. Um, but yeah, I just I don't know. It, it, there's it's just so you know it ebbs and flows, and there's so much weird stuff that goes on and heavy sad stuff. But there's there is, and we talked about this earlier. But like since day one, I've been describing it like this with clients and like trying to very much be aware of this myself, but there's a spectrum of loss, you know, um, and grief and trauma and all that is part of it as well. But from loss all the way from like, you know, at the very minimum mild inconvenience for maybe kids who, you know, are having to switch to a different learning platform or they miss their friends. But I, you know, but so like, more of the mild stuff to the heavier stuff such as death and then everything in between. Yeah. And that's a lot, you know, and we're all, I mean, we might even be in several different places on that same spectrum. And so it's just like, again, there's no right or wrong way to feel. I just, um, I don't know. I just, I hope that everybody can just keep hanging on and really find some good anchors to hang on to during this time.
0: Yeah. So I don't know if you knew this or not, but we have a viewer um, or a listener email portal where they can send us questions. Did you know we had that?
1: I mean, I've heard rumors, but.
0: <laughs> okay. We actually don't. So I'm just pretending though. So it helps me in this body as was pretending that a viewer submitted a question. And so one of the things that's really interesting is I've worked with a lot of couples along the way is that.
1: We get 2000 thousand ins a week.
0: 2000 thousand ins We write them in ourselves. Uh, but is some people seem to be on this journey where they kind of realize okay I need to change I need to get better at my relationships especially my marriage relationship and so if I start working on it and I start kind of trying to become a better human being but I don't sense the same uh gravity or as if you were really educated you would say gravitas uh that uh, you know that the that, that they they don't seem to be changing and so I guess the viewer question if we had viewers that were submitting questions would be like what do I do if my I'm trying to change and I'm really working on our marriage and it just doesn't seem that my spouse is wanting to change. So that that's our viewer question for today for the episode of the mindful marriage. Yes, oh, and yes. to
1: clarify it's not just during quarantine. This is Correct. um I mean yes and and that's the thing too is like even though our marriages can definitely deepen and thrive in times like this, um, it also can stir a lot of icky stuff up. And if there were already problems there, you know, being confined to the house and having to be under the roof more um, altogether can create a lot of tension. And so things in your marriage might be surfacing right now. And so if this might speak to you in that way. But we're also looking at um, just overall, if, you know. Quarantine or not, if these things are kind of happening, um, what do we do about it? You know, so well, I'm going to just kind of defer to you on this one because I am curious. As as the as...
0: Expert, you're deferring to me as the expert. Is that what you're doing yeah. here? Man, exactly. this is the first time in our friendship.
1: Okay. <laughs> Again, calm it down. Um, <laughs> if somebody in the church, right, whether it's a member or not, that someone at your church comes to you, whether they're in region, re-engage, or just catches you on a Sunday afternoon. You know, when we used to do church in person, that is. Um, So if they came up to you and they were like, I'm done, I'm at the end of my rope. I can't do this anymore. My spouse does X, Y, Z. And they're either thinking about leaving them for like a separation period um, or just ready to divorce them. How would you approach that? What would you say to them? Because that's, that's a big deal, um and yeah. it's also I don't know that's that's more than one conversation, I think for sure yeah, I think but so how do you as a pastor, a man of the cloth, if you will um
0: <laughs> thank you what
1: would what would you say to that? How would you hold space for that?
0: Well, I think we've talked about this a little bit before that I think scripture does definitely give us some ideals, like that that God wants us to stay in this covenant relationship. And it's it's interesting because uh, I've seen some couples that have really been through some very negative experiences kind of come out on the other end in a place of healing and their marriages are actually thriving now. Uh, I was just talking to a couple this week that just really gone through some horrendous stuff where she was just like, I'm out. I'm, I'm not, you know, she kind of took off on the guy and now their marriage is thriving. So I think there's the ideal, but at the same time, as you and I have talked before, I don't know if we've done it on on the podcast or not, that there's kind of this, if you were to take like a a measuring stick of kind of like looking at issues. And I think a lot of us are so quick to abandon. Well, they're just not emotionally supportive. They're not communicating. They're not doing chores around the house or whatever. Like I just can't take this anymore. I think there comes that issue when we talk about it a lot about, you know, you have to draw that circle around yourself and realize you can't change another human being. So maybe the problem isn't necessarily with that other person, Maybe it's with my responses to that, or maybe it's even my responses to communicating to them about these needs or how these things are bothering. Maybe I'm communicating in a very poor way. But then you get to the other end of that measuring stick, and it's like, man, if there's abuse, uh, if there's adultery taking place, uh, then I think we have to really be careful and make sure we're taking care of people and not leaving them in tough situations. But I think the thing that I would recommend to anyone, no matter where they're at on that spectrum is you can't make this decision alone. Uh, You've got to find somebody that even you can step out of the the emotion of that situation and talk to someone else and say, hey, help me and guide me through this. Because it might be something as simple as drawing that circle, or it might be, hey, we need to get you to a safe place uh, right away. And so I think just navigating that alone would be my response. And also just to to wrap this up, is like I think, too, that there is God's ideal that we remain in this marriage. But you know, I also know that in the ideal, there's tremendous grace, and so we do our best to seek counsel from other people to seek the Lord and realizing we make the best decisions we can, but know that God's grace is going to be with us, but at the same time, I think the ideal has to be kind of first I don't know if that makes any sense or not
1: so yes, but so you said like don't go at this alone, but so back to my original question, so they're coming to you for that wise godly counsel how do you how would you counsel that person how would you walk them through it or what resources would you recommend or I mean I think a lot of people would even want to know um what would you say like
0: yeah and I I think it's just too like you said it's probably more than one conversation it's probably we don't know all the background all the things that have happened. You're getting one side of the story, uh, you know, and so I think doing things like uh, going to see a therapist and, and, and having a place where you can talk about the stuff that's driving you that's either positive or negative. And I think working through that, I think being in community of other people that are also trying to be. Uh, do this thing in a godly way. I think that's why something like a re-engage or a regeneration is so important because you're looking at your own issues, you're doing with other people, but I think seeing that therapist or seeing that group of people that helps you, basically just don't make the decision right now. That's kind of put some of these uh, things in place to kind of help you move in that right direction.
1: So kind of get them to a place where they're in a, I don't like this term necessarily, but a holding pattern until things can kind of, um, they get more clarity.
0: Yeah. Cause it's like, it's, I always think, and I feel like I'm talking way too much here cause we have the expert. I therapist here. Yeah. It. Yeah. Uh, but it's like, like if you were in a, an accident, uh, you know, out of the sea and your boat were to crash and you could only find like this, really dramatic. It is. Thank you. Uh, and then you can only find this one thing to grab onto, Uh, it may not be the best thing to grab onto. And so let's make sure you're grabbing onto the best resources so that you can actually survive this and and not only just survive, but, you know, honor Christ the best you can in, in the midst of this situation. It's not just grab onto something and go with it. But like, let's make sure we're getting you the right tools and the right resources to navigate this in a healthy way. But I think for most couples, even if it's just something where this person's bothering me a little bit, I really always encourage that inward journey of like, what piece do I own in this? Uh, what you know? Again, I know there's extremes to that. I'm not advocating that, but like doing some self-discovery, some some inward journey kind of work, I think is is a really big piece of that. And that's not a short-term process; it's more of a long-term process. So, right. like you said, the holding pattern idea might not be horrible, but you know, uh, horrible.
1: No, not the right terminology.
0: No, but exactly. Yes. But yeah, that kind of that kind of idea. So, so that's from the pastoral perspective. So, that's here from the therapist perspective. How you would answer that question?
1: Um. I mean, I, I agree with everything that you said, um, fully, I think, you know, if someone comes into my office with something like this, you know, and I know I use this word a lot, but I really believe that everything's kind of on a spectrum. And so depending on where they're at, like, is it, yeah, I'm, I'm annoyed that my husband doesn't help out around the house more or something like that. Or is it something more dangerous and extreme, like physical violence or, An addiction, or something like that, and so, you know, I don't think that there is a hard and fast rule to any of this. I think everything is case by case in my experience and professional opinion. Um, And so, depending on where that person comes in, will determine you know what resources I recommend, um, kind of the like, the course of action we start to put into place and um, into effect. And so, if somebody is Um, it's more on like the annoyance side and the, you know, I just, I feel disrespected and not loved well and just irritated all the time because, you know, I feel like I'm doing this alone, whether it's raising the children or, you know, I cook, I clean, I do all these things and they just come home from work and just go watch TV, you know, whatever it is, you know, again, I think there's so many things we can do, but, you know, I think we always need to look at our own expectations. Anytime there's disappointment or we feel like we're getting the short end of the stick, like, okay, how come, you know? And sometimes I think it's more difficult to be honest with ourselves than it is other people. And so having those conversations with ourselves before we have them with our spouse, or at least start to, I think is good. Um, But I think that we need to like you said, what can I do differently? What am I in charge of and in control of within myself that I'm maybe not utilizing? Or am I getting out of my own lane here? You know, am I trying to manage their feelings or their behaviors um, or police them in some way? And if the answer is yes to any of those, then we have work to do on our own, you know? And so um, sometimes that might look like individual therapy. Sometimes that might be Couples counseling, sometimes that might be recommending that they go to, you know, re-engage together, Um, reading a book. um, There's all kinds of communication exercises that we can do. And um, just a lot of resources I can recommend and say, hey, I think that, like, I want you to listen or read this and then let's talk about it. And then maybe depending on where they land, then they need to have a similar conversation with their spouse, you know, that kind of thing. Um, if someone comes in and they're in an abusive marriage, whether it's physical, sexual, psychological, whatever we're talking about, you know, that's when, um, yes, they need to still learn, like, how do we do productive communication and conflict? And, you know, um, I need to evaluate my expectations and those kinds of things, but it's more about like, there is more of a sense of urgency to those situations. And so when it happens, we need to make sure that if there's children involved, that they're safe. Um, if, and, you know, and then the spouse who is, um, being threatened in whatever way, um, has a plan for like a safety plan basically. And so again, that might look different, but for some people that might be, you know, you need to go stay with someone until things de-escalate, you know, and take the kids with you. You might, you know, um, maybe y'all need to sit down and have, um, like you need to know where your spouse is at. Are they, what they, do they even think this is wrong? Are they willing to change? What are they willing to do? Um, but I think those are definitely situations where you want to bring somebody else in a, from a safety perspective and B from just a support perspective, you know? And so, um, it just, those are a little more, um, time sensitive. And so it just, it, it kind of depends on where that falls, but, you know, I'm, I'm not going to ever tell someone you should or should not leave or get a divorce, but I will say, you know, you might need to go stay somewhere else or, um, go to a hotel f- for tonight um, until things are safer and calmer and everybody's like the dust has settled somewhat before we even like try to have a conversation.
0: Yeah. Um, I think the last thing the church would want to do as well is you know, kind of have this ideal and kind of promote that ideal and, and tell someone to stay in a situation that may not be safe for them, you know, cause I think mm-hmm. there's using common sense, using your brain, if it's not safe right now, we might need to step out of that situation to make sure we're all okay. And then we can, because I think really kind of what we're both saying, if I could summarize the the two worlds here is that for, don't do this alone. And then it kind of depends on where it lands on that spectrum. It might be that if my spouse is refusing to change, maybe I have to draw that circle around myself and say, what do I need to change to maybe extreme cases when it's like, I need to get some help, kind of remove myself a little bit and then see, and then get some help even then to see where I navigate in the future. So um, you talked about, um, and my buddy Gottman, you know, that we're, we're good buddies now. Um, he talked, you, you shared a graphic with me the other day about the circle and kind of what you can control and what you can't control. Do you, do you mind kind of just like as kind of a general principle, kind of sharing just a little bit about yeah. that graphic?
1: Yeah. And I think this would be a good exercise for anybody, even if you're not thinking about separation or divorce, you know, I think this is just a really good tool and you can use it, not just for your marriage, but you could use it for, um, let's say you're, there's some tension at work or,
0: um, it's it's a it's a life applicable. Yeah,
1: for sure. And so I think like if I were, um, let's say I was giving you this exercise to do, here's how I would set it up. So I would say, get out a sheet of paper. And this is, you know, I would do this when you're alone and it's quiet and you can really chew on this and, unpack it a little bit, but I would make a list because the extra the exercise you were talking about is great, but I think this this will show us kind of um what we need to put in or on that circle. And so making a list of all of the things, like let's say we're doing it about our marriage right now, right? So all the things that are causing you stress or discomfort, um, if you're angry, if you're sad, if you're you know, confused, write those things down, just bullet bullet point listed down and just um, kind of brain dump right there and just get that out. And I think that's good just so you can see it. And sometimes just getting things out of our head, creates some space for clarity and we can get in a clearer headspace. you know? So
0: on one side, we're just kind of brain dumping the things that are causing us stress um, and not to be uh, a sickler here or anything, but you said to get out a piece of paper, but you never said anything about a pen. So how do I write those? Do I get a pen out as well or just?
1: Um, yes, please. Because, or or, or right. a pencil because. Okay. Then just a
0: writing utensil.
1: Please get a writing utensil out. Because like <laughs> right.
0: I was confused. I'm like, I just have my oh. piece of paper. I don't know what to do. I,
1: I, I bet everybody else did get. Okay. I,
0: just, I wanted to make sure. All right, go ahead. So, so yeah, so but great. just right. make a
1: list. These are the things that are just, you know, I feel like maybe even these are the areas where I feel out of control. Okay. So just kind of brain dump. and then on another sheet of paper or next to that draw a circle and in that circle you would put things and you don't write uh, like don't do this without thinking about it like don't just do it like going through the motions here because if we write them down this is something that we can come back to to hold ourselves accountable and it it keeps it in the forefront of our brain so we can utilize this when the things on that list are getting, you know, stirred up or we're in those circumstances. So on the circle, you would write everything that you, yourself, and no one else is in control of, in charge of, able to do, you know, those things. So the way that we talk to people, the way that we, um, you know, the way that we, um, The tone in which we talk to people, the volume, you know, our body language, the words we choose to speak, um, how we want to respond and approach, I mean, fill in the blank, but conflict, um, crises, all of those things. Um, What else can we put? Mm -hmm. Uh, If we're going to be critical or complaining or not, you know, I have the power to either complain or not complain. Um, what are some other ones?
0: Um, and so really, it's just kind of that circle is the things you're just looking at in this relationship. Here's the things that I can control, here's the things that I can mm-hmm.
1: uh, Your body you know, language. It, yeah, it might,
0: be, it might be difficult to do, but ultimately, I can choose to do something a little mm-hmm. bit different here. Okay, yeah.
1: And so, some of the ones that were on that, I'll just read them to you, but some of the ones that were on the, the graphic that I sent you, um, like if we turn towards or away from our partner, so again, body language, self care, um. Being attuned to our own feelings, um, and then I, so identifying—you know, there's all these cheesy sayings out there, like you have to name it to claim it, and feel it to heal it, and all that stuff.
0: Preach it, and, sister! Come on, preach but it.
1: But it is true, you know. So we need to first identify, like, what is it that this this sensation is, with this feeling, what's coming up in me right now, and then. Once we have figured that out, then that kind of can help us. Okay, where where do I go with this? How do I approach this? Is it appropriate to the situation? You know those kinds of things. Um, and by the way, if you want to,
0: if you okay. want to see that graphic, I did put it on. We have a little Facebook page. It's just Reengage at Hope Fellowship. If you want to see that graphic, it's one of the posts we made on there. The, the John Gottman graphic, which I know you're all begging to see another John Gottman graphic. So so,
1: excited? yes,
0: so yes yeah, so yeah, on Reengage um, at Hope Fellowship on Facebook.
1: And then on the outside of that circle, you're going to put the things that you have no power over, no control of. Um, And those would be things like your partner's or your spouse's mood or their reactions to you, you know, their words, their body language, the future, um, you know, any actions of other people, words of other people, Um, that kind of stuff. And so, and I know it sounds kind of elementary and very basic, but if we, and we've said this before, but we've got to have a strong understanding and grasp and utilization of the basics so we can continue to build on that. um, So we can have healthy mindful marriages, you know, and so um, then, you know, once you have this list done, you know, Okay, that list that you wrote over there, that's all the things that are bothering you or stressing you out or upsetting you, you know, if you look at the the things that you wrote in that circle, how can I, how can I bring those two things into alignment or can I, you know, um, and then I think that would be a really, you know, if your partner is safe to share this with, um, I think that would be a really good exercise for you both both to do and then kind of sit and dissect it together. Um, Because a lot of times the things that people will put into that circle of what they can control is actually, it has to do with other people. And they don't realize that they're trying to control or feel responsible for their their spouse's feelings or moods or, you know, they're just trying to keep the peace. And so they might enable, they might um, hide things. they might you know, minimize their own stuff. And so it's just, it's just a really good awareness tool for one. Um, but I think it's a really good exercise for couples to do together because I think it creates, it can create a lot of empathy and intimacy between two people.
0: And so really kind of to, to summarize kind of what all we're saying, like the first step is make sure you're not doing this alone you know, to get, get someone to, to talk to. So you're not, because there's an old saying that I, I uh, uh, like that uh, isolation is the devil's playground. And so like, man, when we try to do things alone, sometimes our brains or emotions, our past can really lead us in yeah. a negative direction. We can
1: be our own worst enemy when it comes yeah. to like, getting stuck in our heads.
0: Yeah, sure. and, then, and then I think a lot of times our first response is always to blame another human being. And there might be some cases where that's completely appropriate, but the, I think it's important to kind of go through the exercise that you talked about to see how could what what am I contributing or how can I what can I control or what can I not control and kind of go on that journey because if they're refusing to change um, you know I think the the first step is to to really do those two things and I think that could be a, a you know moving you in a beautiful direction
1: yeah and it's and yes it is beautiful but I would even go as far as to say probably more brutal because all right
0: thanks it, for checking me there so
1: no I'm just it's I'm joking you know it's so much easier obviously to say things than to put them into um, action and maintain that, you know, but this is hard stuff. So going back to what we originally talked about, it's like, you know, the question we were going to, we were answering was, is like, what do I do if my spouse doesn't want to change and this person's ready to leave or, you know, get out of Dodge in some capacity. Um, And so if you're already in that place and we're telling you, Hey, sit down, make this list. If you've already, you know, got one foot out the door or have been thinking about this for a while, maybe you're thinking about it, you don't really want to do it, but you don't see another, another option. This is going to feel maybe, um, not helpful or like you're past this exercise, so to speak, because things are just too far gone. But I would encourage you that if you haven't done some of the things that we talked about, um, to do them because there is it's never too late i i don't think when it comes to this kind of stuff and i think that anytime there's awareness around something and then communication following that that is productive and that can bring about change and that's really powerful and so even if there's a sense of urgency that's okay it just Say like I can come back to that thought, hit pause, and then do some of these things. But like you know, if you're not walking through this, walking through this with somebody, whether it be a professional or you know a godly um, trusted friend or family member, you know, do that. You know, if you're not um, taking your own inventory all the time of what can you do better and work on, and um, where you can get healthier, do that. You know, if if you have really high expectations, that's okay. But like notice it, pay attention to it. And then maybe share that with your spouse and know that it's okay for your expectations to change. You know, um, we just, this is a, this can feel very, depending on where you are on the spectrum. Um, there is a sense of urgency a lot of times to this for people or, you know, It just feels so big. I don't feel like I can do these things, these practical steps. And so I would just encourage people to slow down and, you know, break it down into, you know, a day at a time. If that's too much, an hour at a time. But what can I do in this moment to take really good care of myself and um, grow in my awareness and be really responsible with what's going on before you make any big decisions?
0: Yeah, I agree. All right. Well, Tara, thank you um, for your time as always.
1: Thank you for your time.
0: Well, you know, it's pretty important. So, all right. We thank you for listening to our self-quarantined podcast. And hopefully the next time we record, we don't have to do this, but who knows what the future holds. So
1: we'll see. All
0: right. Bye. hope everybody
1: stays well and be healthy and uh, cover your sneezes, please.
0: Thank you. See you later.
1: Bye. Thanks for listening to the Mindful Marriage Podcast. Learn more about the marriage ministry at Hope by visiting hopefellowship.net slash marriage.